What's up, everyone? I'm Andrew Steinwald, and this is Zima Red. On this show, we speak with the users, founders, and creatives that are diving into the world of unique digital assets, also called non-fungible tokens. My guest today is Miles from Decentral Games. Miles is a boss, in a literal sense and figuratively, as his metaverse name is Boss. If you haven't listened to our first episode back in February, go back and check it out. We discussed how he was busy building the world's first community-owned metaverse casino. A few short months later, he has not only built working casinos inside the virtual world of Decentraland, but is also launching a governance token in a true play-to-earn model. Who would have thought that there would be a casino that pays you to play? We dive into everything, the casinos, the social aspect of gameplay, token mechanics, and even talk about his experiences raising money as a founder in the NFT ecosystem. I love speaking with builders like Miles because they are the ones who can take an idea and with a lot of action and hard work can turn it into something real. I really enjoyed this awesome conversation with Miles and I hope you do as well. Before diving into today's episode, I want to chat about our newest sponsor, F1 Delta Time. F1 Delta Time is the world's first officially licensed Formula One blockchain-based game. You get the full Formula One racing experience alongside a gaming evolution in the form of true digital ownership on Ethereum and a play-to-earn model. F1 Delta Time consists of two main components. Firstly, collecting scarce digital items to fill your garage, and second, using these items to go head-to-head in multiplayer racing. Check out f1deltatime.com before December 3rd to participate in the pre-sale of keys to open the 2020 crates. Now back to the episode. Miles, also known as Buffs. Last time you were on the podcast was in February of this year, 2020, and a lot has happened since then. And so I'd love to hear kind of what you've been up to for the past, you know, I don't know, nine months. Hey, Andrew. Nice to be back on the podcast. Um, yeah, a lot has happened over the last nine months. We've Decentraland has launched. We uh, rolled out a new game, Blackjack. Um, we're preparing for Mainnet launch um, and been testing on Mainnet. Um, and now we just uh, we're, we're announcing a DG token um, that's kind of incorporated into the gameplay directly, so that as you play games um, with Mainnet Mana and Dai, um, you'll be able to mine our token. Um, so yeah, it's. It's it's been a it's been quite a journey, but I think you know it, it, it was worth it, and we're really excited to be one of the first projects to go live with this play to earn mechanism. Okay, wow. So so a lot has happened since last time we spoke. I'm pretty sure. Correct me if I'm wrong, but in February 2020, was Decentral Games were your casinos totally live, or was it still kind of in in the works? Um, I, Decentraland wasn't even live. I think the last time we we spoke, it was like right before oh, the yeah, Decentraland yeah, launch. Right. And so Decentraland launched, I think it was February twentieth or, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, two twenty, I think. Would it, yeah, two twenty twenty, and then um, so yeah, then we, I mean, we had pretty early. We had all of our games playable with like fake, you know, free play currency, and so over the course of this year, we were just really testing things on the test net, um, and kind of perfecting our um, user experience because we really wanted to deliver the user experience of. Uh, kind of centralized games, um, you know, with this kind of uh, clunky MetaMask signature for each play kind of user experience, like kind of taken out of the, the whole equation. And so it's really seamless to, to hop in the casino and play the games. That's awesome. All right. So for those who have not listened to the first podcast with you, which I suggest everyone go do, could you just give a brief synopsis of what Decentral Games is? Yeah, yeah. Decentral Games is the first community-owned metaverse casino ecosystem. And so we've built, we've started by building all types of games in Decentraland, um, you know, blackjack, roulette, slots, backgammon, and right now we're we're working on poker as well. And so basically, we really wanted to focus on multiplayer metaverse casino games um, that engage our user base. And so 
Um, Decentraland obviously was, um, you know, the perfect um, setting for these games. And then, but the fear nature of them being, you know, casino style games, obviously the crypto integration, um, the non-custodial nature of them is is very important um, and, and something that we kind of have taken really to heart from the beginning. All right. So Decentral Games, you guys could have built anything with Decentral Games. You guys could have built like a, I don't know, a soccer game, a casino game, like a paintball game, like every everything, right? So why did you guys decide to go down the gambling, you know, kind of gaming route? We felt that the the gambling games, I mean, it's like, you know, a millennium old, um, you know, business. And uh, I think, you know, it gets people excited when you have um, economic incentives to play. Um, and so we've kind of felt that, you know, with this Internet of Money that's kind of forming around cryptocurrencies and, and you know, EVM equipped um, blockchains, um, that something like this would be would have a lot of value from from being built on on ethereum and and side chains on ethereum and so yeah i mean and then you know as we started to roll out our own token and kind of incorporate that tokens distribution um into the games directly um it's very important to have everything on chain and so um you know that's why we chose gambling it, it just makes sense in terms of um you know crypto and build building on you know crypto networks Awesome. Yeah. And then this is kind of just a, a tangent, but are you thinking about, because, you know, the whole, whole crypto space, there's a lot of gamblers out there, right? A lot of people like to trade these crazy altcoins and get really nuts with it. Are you thinking that that user base will be attracted to this? I don't want to say more traditional because like you're literally building a casino inside a virtual world. So it's very not traditional, but these more traditional kind of gambling games versus trading these crazy altcoins. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, we really wanted to make something that was social and we felt that, you know, building in Decentraland and, and being able to like walk into a virtual casino and see other users and play games with them directly. We felt that this would would definitely appeal to the same type of users that are that are, you know, gambling on altcoins and, and you know, trading with leverage. And but it's just, you know, a different medium. Um, and it's a, a bit more exciting, especially to now, because, you know, if, if you actually try to go into a regular casino nowadays with uh, with COVID, you know, you're, you're, you have to wear a mask. Um, it's, there's like massive, like glass, you know, protection shields in front of each table and, and the user experience overall is just kind of a subpar compared to what it used to be before COVID. So we we kind of feel that the timing for something like this um, really makes sense. Um, and I think that, you know, the market will, you know, receive it relatively well. So there's now, I think, what, three blockchain based virtual worlds. We have CryptoVoxel, Somnium Space, Decentraland, and then soon the sandbox is going to launch. So why did you decide that Decentraland was the place to you know build your casinos? And also, are you planning on expanding into other blockchain-based virtual worlds? Um, we we've been tracking Decentraland um, ever since the ICO. We've been kind of look, looking at the community and seeing like the development of of you know user-generated content um, from the beginning. So it was one of the projects that I re really liked from the beginning. And so you know in 2019 when we started this project. Um, you know, like probably a, a year and a half after the Decentraland ICO, uh, I really felt that Decentraland was the best uh, virtual world poised for for these types of games, given like the complexity in the SDK, um, the amount of features that they provide you, the crypto integration, um, the great community of, of mana holders. And then also, you know, most importantly, um, the fact that it's decentralized and it was decentralized, you know, from the beginning. And from the start of the deployment of the, the metaverse, we've been running a decentralized node. We were one of 10 people, you know, that were selected um, that, you know, are key community members that were running these nodes. And so 
you know, that, that kind of, you know, made it really attractive for us to build on, on Decentraland just because we know that, you know, if anything happens, you know, for whatever reason, if the foundation shuts down, um, then you will still have this open source co code base that we can, you know, pick up and, and another team can, can start building upon it. Um, so that for us is minimizes our risk um, in terms of platform risk, just because, you know, we're not reliant on any centralized platform um, to make the rules. That's so cool. So could you explain a little bit more about the Decentraland nodes? Because I, I've spoken to, you know, Maddie, DCL blogger and, you know, DCL Anorak and stuff like that about these DCL nodes, but I don't actually understand really the, the details of how they work and how they function. Could you kind of explain that? Yeah, of course. So yeah, there's there's basically 10 um, going on right now, um, get running. And so we run one of them, which basically means that we have one instance of, of the metaverse. Um, there's there's pretty much just a mirrored metaverse on each one of these uh, nodes. And then for each server that's, that's hosting a node, um, they have 40 realms within that server. So a total, there's 400 overall, you know, realms, you know, 40 times 10. And so basically this is, this is built so that Decentraland can scale. Um, so, you know, if there's thousands and thousands and, you know, tens and thousands of users in, in Decentraland, you know, in the same instance of Decentraland, it would be kind of crowded, especially if they're all in like our casino, for example. Um, so the reason why they made these realms were, was that, you know, once it hits a hundred users in one realm, then it bumps the 101st user to the next realm. So like there's kind of an upper limit to the amount of total users you could have, you know, in a single instance of Decentraland. And I think this is very clever, you know, obviously, you know, it's all about the social aspects and being in the same, you know, actual virtual environment as your friends, which you can do and you can and, um, enable this, um, you know, through the URL, you can access a specific um, realm on a specific node as you wish. But, um, you know, as, as Decentraland, you know, begins to gain popularity, I think, having this ability to scale to, to many users through these many nodes um, is really, really important. Okay, so these nodes, if I wanted to run one, I would, you know, build up my reputation in DCL, I would talk to the team, blah, blah, blah. And then once they kind of are like, okay, this guy's very legit, do I have to like acquire a ton of mana and then like set up a server or like, how does it, how does it work? Uh, yeah, basically, I mean, you don't have to have mana. It's basically, um, you just, the, they were selected from the initial people that were kind of um, part of the early Decentraland community. And so that, I don't think that there has been any other nodes added since that initial point in time. Um, but I think, you know, if, if someone wanted to become and wanted to host a node, um, then they would have to put a proposal to the Decentraland DAO, um, and the Decentraland DAO would vote on um, adding these these uh, any new nodes or, or or kind of kicking any of the existing ones out if they're not you know performing well. So um, it really depends on your kind of place in the community, um, and I suppose yeah, it would help to have mana because then you could vote it yourself in um, after kind of proposing yourself as a node. So, but it really depends on you know the rest of the community and how everyone else feels about adding you um, as a node. That's really cool. So, so the, the actual process of, of running the node is just like you're running some servers in the background that's maintaining the Decentraland metaverse? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Thank you for that. I've always been wondering like how does the actual mechanics of this work and you just explained it great. So thank you. All right. So yeah, you mentioned play to earn. You mentioned your token. I'd love to hear about that. Yeah. So we're really bullish on play to earn. It's basically this, this novel kind of mechanism to distribute, um, you know, value to your users or your players in this, in this case, um, for playing the games. 
And I think if it's, you know, it's done correctly, then, you know, it can create this kind of um, viral like ecosystem that, you know, gets more and more users because, you know, people are incentivized to, to, to take part and, and play the games. And so for our ecosystem, you know, traditionally, you know, in, in a casino, the house has one to 2% edge on all the games, uh, meaning that if you gambled $100, then your expected value at the end of that, that on average would be 98 or $99. And the house would want, would win, you know, one to $2, uh, depending on which game. And so we kind of wanted to take this, this model and then add this kind of additional incentive mechanism um, with this gameplay mining is how we refer to it. And that basically distributes our native governance token to our players um, in, re in return for playing the games. And so based on, you know, the initial price of, of DG, our governance coin, um, we want this to be expected value positive um, for the players. So basically as they play more, their expected value is, is greater than the, the value of um, their initial balance. So they're pretty much incentivized to just keep playing the games. Yeah, and we, we just kind of feel that this mechanism um, is, is going to be really big on getting people into Decentraland, into the metaverse, um, and, and just, you know, playing the games in general. And so at the end of the day, it's essentially an exchange of tokens. I mean, it's really, people are playing our games with, with mana and DAI cryptocurrency. Um, and in return, you know, they, they, on average lose a bit of that, um, you know, mana and DAI based on the house edge, but they get, they receive this DG governance token, um, in return that has a value that's greater than their losses on average. Yeah, that's, that's essentially the mechanism. And we kind of feel that distributing the majority of our token to the community, um, and, you know, namely the, the players is kind of the right, um, approach to create a healthy ecosystem that's, that's, you know, governed by, you know, the people that actually use the games. That's amazing. You're basically, you're paying people to gamble, which is, which is really, really cool and really fun. And, uh, and that's great for, for the users, obviously, because, because they won't lose, lose money. So, and you said that you're making the model. So the initial value of the token will basically enable the players to earn money. What if the token, you know, doubles in value, will that be factored in and you'll kind of like release less tokens or will, will you just make, you know, double the amount of money? Um, initially it'll just be double the amount of money. We have a mechanism in to adjust the mining difficulty and we have a schedule that that's um, kind of published in our paper that basically kind of just gives this general framework on, you know, how we're going to adjust the mining difficulty over time. It's kind of like the same kind of thing that Bitcoin, you know, does with the half happening. And so basically, you know, over time, it's going to be more and more difficult to mine. Um, and this kind of caters to an increase in price. But yeah, so I mean, it, but if it, it doubles in like a day or, or something, then, you know, the mining is going to be twice as, as profitable um, for that time period. All right. So you also mentioned liquidity farming incentives for the token. I'd love to hear about that. Yeah, so we're, we're rolling out two different pools on Balancer. We're doing a Mana DG pool and a Dai DG pool. Um, and this basically, we, we just wanted to kind of create a healthy ecosystem for people that are, you know, wanting to buy in, you know, pick up some DG if they if they wish to participate in governance or, or you know, uh, for whatever reason. Um, and then also, you know, obviously, if people are, are earning the DG, um, you know, through gameplay, through liquidity farming, uh, we wanted there to be ample liquidity for people to unload those positions back to Mana or DG or, or Dai to, to play the games with and and you know to uh, mine more DG. Um, so yeah, we've de we've dedicated nine percent of our overall token supply to these uh, balancer pool incentives. Um, Four point five percent of the token is for each pool, and we're we're rolling this out um, you know today. It's amazing. So it, why did you choose balancer instead of Uniswap? I, I know Uniswap is probably the most popular, but I know balancer is probably number two. 
But yeah, why did you choose Balancer? We chose Balancer because um, it allows you to put in a custom weighting for the uh, ratio of, of the liquidity. So in, in our case, we're going to do 98% DAI, 2% DG, and 98% MANA, and 2% DG. Um, Uniswap you know, only lets you do 50-50. And so um, in terms of, of providing liquidity or in terms of just like trading, I would say Uniswap is better just because there's, um, you know, equal amount of each token in terms of value um, in, in the trading pair. But Balancer is a bit better for farming tokens because it really we're really trying to target people that are holding DAI or holding MANA. Um, because for them to provide liquidity in one of these pools, it's really minimal risk because they're only really risking the 2% um, of the DG because if they're already holding mana or already holding DAI, um, then providing liquidity in one of these pools is is relatively low risk. I mean, your downside is is 2%, like say DG tanks, um, you know, goes to zero or something. Um, your downside is really just that 2% DG and then plus, you know, or plus any um, impermanent loss. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would say for someone holding mana, which is kind of, you know, what we're really trying to target to is is kind of the decentralized community. And I mean, hopefully get the decentralized DAO to even farm some of the token as well. For them, I mean, providing liquidity with mana is, is you know, relatively easy and, you know, relatively low risk. You also mentioned that I think Decentral Games will be having their own set of NFTs. Could you dive deeper into that? Yeah, yeah. So we, we have... Um, uh, we did two sets of decentralized wearables. We had one set of uh, legendary wearables, which is 100 units per per item, and then we did another set of mythic wearables, which is a bit more rare. It's only 10 pieces per item, and so we have 12 total, so six of each, about 660 total um, NFTs um, that were made. And so, you know, to date they've been very trendy. I mean, we made like a tracksuit, a suit, a robe. Um, like slides, some shoes, like DZ's shoes, um, and some glasses. And so, I mean, they look cool. You know, you can wear them in Decentraline, you can trade them on the marketplace, and you can trade them on any, you know, NFT marketplace. And they've been, you know, going for anywhere from like 150 USD or to like 300 USD um, for each for each item on, on these marketplaces. And so, yeah, it was, it was, you know, it was a pretty healthy ecosystem for NFT um, trading in terms of our, you know, cosmetic NFTs, but we actually just added some utility so that, you know, the, they actually have some value in the games themselves. And so basically what it is, is we're adding a mining bonus um, of 10% for each NFT that you're wearing uh, when you're playing games. So for example, if you were playing roulette or blackjack and you mined, you know, 10 DG, you know, over the course of, you know, some time, and if you were wearing uh, one of these wearables, then you would have 11 DG instead of 10 DG. And so if you, you can you can wear multiple at the same time as well. So you, you can wear up to four. And so if you're wearing four of them, then you get a 40% bonus um, on your mining. So and that 10 DG would have been you know 14 DG. So we feel that this will really kind of incentivize people to to not only just show them off and wear them in Decentraland, but also actually use them for for you know monetary kind of uh, you know, advantage. That is so cool. Yeah. So, so not only did you release these, you know, these series of rare and limited and cool NFTs that just, you know, have that kind of inherent value there, but they also have this, this amazing utility where they increase your the bonus for the mining by 10%. And it's also stackable up to 40% or up to four times, which is 40%. So like exactly. that, that is really, really crazy. Are you thinking of other types of, um, kind of, I mean, that's already crazy, but are you thinking of other types of incentives or 
utility that you can add to the tokens or is that kind of what you're starting starting with now i mean it's already enough but just kind of curious yeah yeah definitely i think i mean we haven't really sold many of them I and mean, we, we gave a lot of them away for prizes for competitions that we hosted and, and stuff like that to really kind of um, give our community the upside on any secondary sales of them um, and we've really been limiting the supply i don't think you know we haven't minted all of them by any means i think we've maybe minted you know 200 and something out of the 660 and so yeah they're very i mean compared to a lot of the other wearable nfts i think our, our supplies are you know, are pretty low at the moment in terms of circulating supply. And so, yeah, I mean, we're really trying to just kind of reward because we don't, we don't really plan on selling them from our account because we don't want to, that's not our business. Um, we, we want to create like a, you know, a very healthy ecosystem of, of people that, you know, you know, value them and use them um, for their own, you know, personal, you know, purposes. And so in doing that, we want to, add more and more functionality and utility for them because it, you know, it makes our community happy and, um, you know, makes them feel, you know, like they're like valued and they, they do get to, you know, uh, benefit from that in terms of payouts. So I think, yeah, in the future, I think we're definitely going to be trying to bake in more and more incentives to own and, and use these tokens, these NFTs, um, you know, as we kind of build out our ecosystem. That's awesome. So could you quickly tell me where these are for sale? Because I'm, I'm super curious. I, I want to go check it out after the pod. But um, are they on OpenSea? Are they on Decentraland, the, the, the Decentraland marketplace? Or where can I find them? Yeah, we, we actually, have, they're not for sale right now. Um, we're going to be rolling out kind of a few of them um, in, in auctions and, and a few on, on OpenSea and, you know, in, in World. But we have a shop. So we have a shop right next to Chateau Satoshi Casino in Vega City, Decentraland. And so it's right next door to that. So it's kind of like an Apple Store-esque, like in you know, inspired shop where you can kind of walk around and, and see all of them in, in you know, in, in the metaverse. And so, but right now it kind of just links to the, one of the tokens on, on OpenSea, but we personally, you know, our Decentral Games account is not selling any of them. All the ones that you would see for sale at the moment are, um, you know, second secondary market sales. But we do plan on rolling out the option for people to bid on them, like in an auction style um, sale. Or, or just selling them um, straight out. But yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't, I don't, we're not really trying to, to sell them because we don't really need to make money from them in that, in that regard. Our main kind of objective with them is to incentivize, you know, the right behavior, um, you know, for participation in, in tournaments uh, or competitions that we host. And then also, you know, give the upside to our community members because, you know, there's people that have supported us for the last, you know, I mean, you've followed the project over a year now and, um, you know, from, people coming to our events and, and supporting us that long, we definitely want them to, you know, have the upside on these tokens. I love that. And also one thing I heard was you're not trying to sell them and that just makes me want them way more. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you recently completed a fundraise of $400,000, which is incredible. And, you know, from these are great investors. You had Metaverse Ventures, which is a digital currency group company. You had the Decentraland Foundation and a whole, whole other list of other people. Yeah. Could you tell me about how that process was? Because I've never, I could never imagine being like, Hey, I'm raising money for this virtual casino and just like kind of that whole process. Like, I'd love to hear that. Yeah. I mean, it was tough. I mean, we, uh, I mean, we started pitching the central games like early 2020, like pretty much the right, right at the start of COVID we started pitching and, and talking to all types of investors, um, talking to traditional people, like even non-tech. Um, and it was really hard to be honest. I mean, people, I mean, yeah, there's kind of a stigma around gambling and, you know, and, and crypto gambling. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, at, at the start, it was, it was a bit difficult, 
Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think, you know, for people that are familiar with crypto and, and what's going on in the space and, and kind of seeing like, you know, the, the what will happen in DeFi with these kind of native governance tokens and um, having, you know, the upside on on the tokens and, and the liquidity of the tokens. Um, it kind of made it a lot easier, you know, by the time you know, we were we wanted to kind of close out the fundraise. Yeah, I mean, it kind of turned into like kind of like a more just an easier pitch um, at the end. Um, so I think, you know, crypto actually in the gambling part of things um, actually helped us because it was more relatable and kind of people realized that this is something that the market really wants. And then when we bake in, you know, an incentive for the, the, the users um, to, you know, be aligned um, with the investors and with the team and, you know, with the community and the, as a whole, you know, through this kind of uh, native token, um, I think at that point, I feel like people, you know, kind of saw our way of, of, of kind of thinking and, and we're, we're on board. So when you were pitching this, were your investors already kind of bullish on, you know, the Decentraland or the wider metaverse and Obviously, they're bullish on crypto, but or did you have to do a lot of convincing in terms of like, hey, guys, I know you're into crypto, but I'm doing this thing that's related and it is a virtual casino in this game, blah, blah, blah. Did you have to convince them of that or were they already kind of on board with that vision and you just happen to show up with the, with this awesome project? I would say there were some doubts for sure in the metaverse in general, I would say. I mean, even some crypto people were doubting the metaverse and were doubting Decentraland. And I think, you know, I, I really had to kind of explain to them, um, you know, the value out of Decentraland being decentralized, kind of what we discussed earlier on the pod was the fact that, you know, if, if Decentraland team, for whatever reason, shuts down and, and doesn't develop any anymore, we're still fine. I mean, the, the, the current state of the software um, allows us to do exactly what we want to do. Um, and we, we can deliver these games on mainnet, um, you know, signatureless, gasless, um, you know, in this 3D virtual world that's hosted on 10 different nodes. Um, and so uh, the rest of you know their development really is just icing on the cake. I mean, they're they're going to be rolling out several other features, um, like they were just experimenting with voice chat. So that's obviously going to be you know a huge value add um, in terms of user experience in world, um, and several other you know features, just making everything smoother. So um, you know at this point, you know obviously we're very close with the Decentraland team, and we want to engage the Decentraland DAO and in, in farming and get, you know giving some of the token through those farming incentives to the DAO. Um, if, if, you know, if they're willing, uh, obviously I'm going to um, be applying um, and, and putting in like a uh, proposal for the, the community to vote on uh, with the MANA um, to, to see if they want to do that. But yeah, I mean, I feel overall decentralized being decentralized. Um, once people understood that, then they kind of saw that the bet wasn't as high risk. Um, there wasn't as um, much platform risk um, as initially anticipated. And because I think it really just stemmed from people just kind of viewing Decentraland as a company rather than a decentralized kind of SDK and platform to build stuff on. You know, a lot of this business depends on uh, getting users in world. So what do you think is, is kind of the key or kind of the motivating factor to get more users to come in world and, and participate in stuff? Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, we, we've really had a lot of success with events. I think that's that's something that really gets people competitive. And if you have prizes... Um, it, it's pretty awesome to get everyone and we've been running one like almost every week um, for like an hour and just getting a bunch of people in world and it really captures kind of this you know lively casino um, you know vibe that's not really there when you only have one person or two people like playing the games and so that's been really huge for us and we plan on doing many more events and making them you know several times a week even maybe once or twice a day even eventually um, because we think that you know that's really what the, the whole point of the metaverse is, is getting people together 
um, in world. But then obviously, you know, more generally, we feel that like the play to earn thing is going to be huge. It just turns gaming into like almost a profession because you can you, you're you're earning money, you know, over time for for playing games on average. So I think you know Axie Infinity kind of pioneered this with the, with their token, you know, announcement. But we do we we feel that our kind of model is a bit more clear cut. I mean, their model obviously you can you can make money, um, you know, by playing Axie. And I think a lot of people do. And obviously trading Axie is like, they've been going for crazy prices. So obviously you can make money um, doing that too. But I think, you know, in terms of casino style games, it's a bit more clear cut in terms of, you know, value coming in, value coming out and, you know, accruing value in a, in a token. And so basically our play to earn mechanism is just based on wager amount. And so over time, you know, whether you win or lose, you're, you're making that same amount of DG based on how much you put down on the table. And so we think that with this kind of general economic incentive to to participate, it'll bring in a lot a lot of people. Especially you know if the currency of of a local area is um, relatively weak, I feel like you know this this equalizer of crypto um, that kind of puts everyone on the same level um, in terms of um, you know these payouts will be very attractive for for people. Um, in those areas. Yeah, I, I think the play to earn incentives that, that people are designing in the crypto space are, are just like incredible. And what's what I find so cool about yours is that it's actually bringing people inside a virtual world. So a lot of these play to earns, it's like, you know, do X function and, you know, get this token back. So for example, like play this casino game, get this token back. But it's also you're bringing people inside the world. So it's like another function, which is even even cooler, in my opinion, because I was always thinking about like, in cryptovoxels or like Decentraline or Somnium, I'm like, how can we get more users in world and like kind of incentivize them to do stuff? And one one thing I always was thinking, I was like, damn, like they should launch, these platforms should launch their own token and they should reward people that go in world and they build stuff in world, right? Because that's just like one way to get people and get content and stuff like that. And so it's really cool to see that your token is really the first one that's bringing people inside. It's incentivizing them to go inside of a virtual world and do stuff, which I think is amazing. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I think if Decentraland was made like in 2020 and they were able to just do everything over again, maybe they would consider this. I think, you know, their their token at the time um, in 20, 20, or yeah, 2017, it was totally different, you know, vibe in crypto than, than it is now. And um, I think, you know, because it is 2020 now, you know, we... And we've got to see, you know, what different token models were successful over this course of this year and this summer. Then, you know, we get to incorporate kind of these, uh, you know, mechanisms into our in our token launch now. And I think it'll be good for Decentraland in general, like you said, because it'll get people to just explore and hop in the metaverse because they can make money. And then obviously, you know, anything around us, they'll they'll check out as well. So I think overall for the ecosystem of Decentraland, I think, and in metaverse in general, I think um, it, it's something that will be not the first or not the only it'll be the first but not the only um you know play to earn token in this kind of uh you know architecture i feel like a lot of different other uh metaverse based games can kind of explore similar architectures um that will you know get people to play their games and then yeah like like i said all the platforms will will benefit from from these uh, incentives i think it's amazing that you're you're incentivizing people to play the game incentivizing people to come a world and with all those people in the world, they're going to obviously start socializing and chatting with each other because, you know, they'll be like right next to each other. So, you know, I'm always kind of harping on this, this sociability aspect of NFTs because I feel like NFTs are just like the most social assets like in the world. And so I, I want to know how important is the social aspect of, of what you're doing uh, with the central games? Oh, yeah, it's definitely it's, it's huge. I think um, I think, you know, I mean, personally, I love being able to hop in the metaverse and then just chatting with with our users or with our players. 
Um, you know, I, I pretty much get to, to hop in and, and, you know, meet someone new almost every day um, if I'm not working too much. So I think it's, it's great. And you get to have direct feedback from them and, and see how they're liking it and see how they, you know, how they found it and where, where they, you know, where they stand in terms of if they're part of Decentraland or they just are, are new to the whole thing. Um, so, yeah, it's very interesting. The social aspect is massive. I think it's, it's really, you know, one of the best, best like, biggest parts of, of the metaverse and, and the whole point of the metaverse, really, um, because it kind of allows you to have this virtual kind of space where you, um, you know, get to meet new people or meet up with people that you already um, know. So, yeah, I think in, in terms of our outlook and vision, I think, you know, the social aspect is going to be, you know, one of the main pillars um, of our kind of strategy. Yeah, it's kind of like the the icing on the cake because you have all these cool incentives. You're you're uh, you know getting paid to gamble. You're gambling, which is fun. You're kind of in this world, whatever. But then when you add in this the sociability aspect, where you're meeting people, you're making friends, and that just makes it so much more powerful and makes all the products that you're using like so much more so much more sticky, which is which is really good for uh, both users and for the, for the creators of the products. All right, so. What do you think will be the largest industry within the metaverse? And uh, you know, I, I guess we can think of like, you know, architecture, like you know, builders, uh, gambling, obviously. Um, we can think of like uh, avatar fashion and stuff like that. Like, yeah, and just in your opinion, what will be the largest industry within these virtual worlds? Yeah, I mean, I think I think fashion is has really been um, one of the front runners today because it's just it's by nature any you know. Fortnite is, is a you know, billion dollar industry just on, on fashion. It's not even on utility. It's just basically fashion, of the, the items that people wear in the game. And so, yeah, I think fashion will be one of the early ones. Um, and, you know, as, as you're an NFT, you know, connoisseur, I feel like that's something that you've probably been able to, to see very early on. Um, it's like these fashion items going for kind of like the highest prices in, in, in Decentraland, um, you know, on top of the land, obviously. But um, yeah, in, in the future, I think, you know, as more and more developers kind of hop in, I think the gaming is really going to be huge. Um, and then kind of just more in general, anything that just gets people in and spending time in the metaverse. Like I know a few different people um, have done like talk shows um, and, and kind of like these communal events where people kind of hop in and kind of hang out and socialize um, for like a show or, you know, a DJ set, stuff like that. So yeah, I think you know there's going to be big industries and in, in value creation around any reason for people to kind of hop in. Um, but in terms of direct monetization and direct value accrual, I think for us we obviously are biased, but we, we're very bullish on uh, gaming um, just because um, you know in our case um, we think that the the business or the the token model really makes sense and and, and incentivizes the right behavior and and kind of accrues value in the right way. All right, what is the five-year vision for Decentral Games? That's a that's a long time, yeah. So, I mean, at that point in time, all of the tokens will be vested. I mean, we have like all types of different vesting, you know, for the gameplay mining, for liquidity farming, for a team, you know, investor tokens. And so, yeah, five years will be will mean that everything is vested. I mean, everything will be vested after four years. So, but that, so, I, you know, after five years, the Decentral Games ecosystem is expected to be fully kind of matured. Um, and at that point in time, I'd love for us to be kind of one of the examples of one of the first uh, play to earn crypto gaming platforms that, um, you know, rolled out and kind of inspired a lot of other different metaverse based play to earn um, gaming projects to kind of um, utilize some of the same, you know, mechanisms to incentivize uh, players to, to play the games. Um, but then also, you know, more in, from a more like general product standpoint, I would say uh, my vision is that Decentral Games is just the leading metaverse casino um, ecosystem and, and, you know, has several different, you know, casinos, several different games, um, you know, all, you know, ranging 
from casino games, but also, you know, other, other games that have kind of economic incentives to play and payouts that not, aren't necessarily, you know, the traditional casino, like roulette, blackjack, you know, slots. I think, you know, there's, there's lots of room for innovation. Um, as long as you kind of have the same principles of, you know, people, multiplayer games that people play with the ability to kind of have a payout um, and kind of have some wager amount in some way. Um, you know, I think, you know, these casino games are great to start just because everyone knows the rules um, and is familiar with them. And so the onboarding is easy. But, you know, in the future, we do plan on, you know, making, you know, new and more kind of novel and innovative um, different games. So, yeah, I think to answer your question, yeah, leading leading metaverse casino ecosystem. I love that. I'm so excited for that future. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. All right, let's jump into the closing questions. What is your single favorite NFT that you own? I got to say um, the Decentral Games robe. We actually, so so over the new batch of, of uh, NFTs that we made um, for Decentral and wearables, one of them is just this robe. And there's only 10 of them, so it's like pretty rare. It's just hilarious. Uh, you know, a, a few of you know, our close partners, like we've just been hitting the tables and wearing this robe and some glasses and it's pretty classic um, to just be gambling, like uh, playing some blackjack or a roulette in a robe. So I, I would have to say that's my favorite. And obviously you get the, the bonus for mining. So it's a plus. I love that imagery of just like, it kind of embodies like the crypto fun, a little bit of risky, a little bit of degen, you know, mindset where you're just at a casino in a robe and sunglasses just hanging out. It's amazing. <laughs> exactly. All right. When will we have an environment that people are, are inside, like a virtual environment that people are inside and say, Hey, you know, this, this actually feels like ready player one, how, how many years or months are we away from that, that future? That's a tough one. I would say, I mean, it really depends on VR. I would say that's like the, one of the main things. And I, I would say Decentraland will be in VR like one or two years from now. Um, but then obviously, you know, it really depends on just being like, just having like, you know, really engaging, um, and well built games. And so obviously, you know, casino games, I mean, are relatively straightforward to develop, like we I've discussed like everyone knows the rules and like they're they don't really require any complex physics and and you know these uh complex engines um that you know like a racing game or you know you know flying or something like that requires and so yeah i mean i think for things to be like ready player one i think you'd probably need to really really um you know big budget games to be made um in in uh, the metaverse and so yeah i would say I would say maybe two to three years, um, we could have like an early version, very, very first draft of, of something like Ready Player One. Um, but obviously, you know, 10 years from now, it's going to be like a totally different picture. So I think, you know, from the movie, like from the movie Ready Player One, I would say 10 to 20 years. But I think we'll, once we get to VR, we'll, we'll be able to kind of better visualize and, and see the path to that, um, you know, destination. All right. Last question. Where do you see the world of NFTs in three years? Yeah, that's a, I think I remember talking to, to you about this in February. It'd be interesting to see what I said um, back then. But yeah, I, I would say, I mean, I'm, I'm very bullish on NFTs. I think, you know, it's, it's, it's been interesting to see, um, you know, these new platforms like kind of like wearable that had like an um, uh, incentive to, to trade and uh, to earn a governance token and, um, and mint, you know, your own NFTs. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think the, the idea of NFTs, I think is, is, it's just getting started. It's in its infancy. It's very nascent. Um, and so, yeah, I think, Andrew, you're in the right business <laughs> doing what you're doing. But um, I would say there definitely needs to be a few different um, things that, that are solved before it reaches mass adoption. Obviously, you know, the scalability is something that everyone has kind of talked about. And there's various um, L2 solutions. Like we, we chose Matic, obviously, but 
you know, there's going to be various other ones that people can choose. I think Matic is pretty solid um, if anyone's, you know, trying to build NFT um, integration into their games. But so, yeah, I think, I think, you know, the scalability will have to be solved. And then, yeah, the user experience, like, um, I think, I mean, I hate to say it, but I think, you know, some type of centralized custodial, like, platform for NFTs is probably going to be necessary, like a Coinbase for NFTs um, before they get mass adopted, just because, um, you know, most people, you know, aren't going to want to like manage their private keys and they're not going to like want to have the risk of like losing all of their assets if they like lose their, their keys or they get stolen or something. So yeah, I think that's going to be a major step um, as well, like Coinbase for NFTs. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, that's going to happen sooner or later. I would say three years from now, it's going to be a massive increase in terms of like total value locked in NFTs than, than it is now. It's not even going to be, um, you know, close. So yeah, I, I'm very bullish. I just think there's, yeah, there's a few things that need to be sorted out, but I, I'm, I'm very confident that, you know, the community will, um, you know, be able to deliver those things. I just kind of thought of this right now, but according to nonfungible.com, I think since June of 2017, there's been a total traded in NFTs, total volume traded of $139 million, roughly. And so I want to ask you, by the end of 2021, so by the end of next year, what will that number be at, total lifetime traded volume? I would say, I would say maybe, I would say maybe like 500 to 600 million. I'm, I'm pretty bullish on it, though. Nice. Definitely more than double. That would be amazing. I would love that. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's definitely on the up, and I think there's going to be more and more um, like high value NFTs as well. Um, it's just a matter of time, I think. You know, I, I, after the next crypto, um, you know, wave, the bullish bull run, um, and BTC and ETH, I think you know a lot of that value is obviously going to be flowing into NFTs and for people that are trying to you know flex their their crypto. So, um, and I think we saw kind of a glimpse of that, you know, at the end of summer um, and early fall. Um, and, and I think it's a very, you know, small precursor of what's about to happen, um, you know, after a, a much larger uh, bull run in BTC. Definitely. And kind of the, the last time we had NFTs during a bull run was with CryptoKitties because CryptoPunks had launched in June of 2017, but they were kind of low key. And CryptoKitties is what really made, you know, kind of put NFTs on the map. And you had CryptoKitties going for like just, you know, tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars. So oh, yeah, um, that was during a bull run, like mega bull run. So. I can only imagine if there is another crypto bull run, what the price of, of NFTs will be. It'll, it'll be, it'll be nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think the timing of your question, I think is, is, um, is perfect for that. I think, you know, by the end of 2021, I feel like it'll be kind of after like a whole year of, or a year and a half really of, of kind of the bull market. And so I think, yeah, the, and a lot of the, the NFT um, ecosystem, I, I believe will capture a lot of that value. Awesome. I'm super pumped for that. Let's hope. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, it's going to be quite a ride for Zima Red. <laughs> awesome, Miles. Well, this has been just absolutely amazing. I, I love learning about, you know, uh, what you're doing with the central games and, and your token model and your, your vision on this stuff. And it's so cool to have spoken to you from February of 2020, which was, you know, this was kind of, it was it's still in the works. It wasn't fully, you know, built out yet. And to fast forward, you know, a couple months later and now, it's a fully built out thing and you have users and, and, and you're going full force. It's so amazing to kind of watch and be a part of that journey. So I just want to say thank you so much for, for coming on. But if people wanted to find out more about, you know, yourself, Decentral Games, wanted to go play some games in the casino, where should they go and what should they do? You can go to Decentral.Games. It's our, uh, our website and you can kind of basically just connect a uh, MetaMask wallet. 
um, and and start playing for free. Um, to play with crypto, you have to be in a whitelisted jurisdiction and, and deposit your buy uh, Matic Mana or Matic Dai. Uh, but it's very simple. It's very easy. It takes a couple minutes. And yeah, and then if you if you do, then you can start uh, mining DG. Um, and so and then obviously taking part in the the growth of the ecosystem. Um, and yeah, we're on Twitter at just at Decentral Games. And yeah, our, we have a Telegram, a community Telegram and community Discord uh, that you can find the links to um, on our site as well. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And I, I can't wait to talk to you again in a couple months and see where you're at. Thanks, Andrew. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Hey, everyone. Stay tuned for more episodes of the Zima Red podcast and subscribe to the Zima Red newsletter for more info on all things NFTs. Thanks so much for listening.